The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the most nutritious hour of business talk all week. This is Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. Your host and moderator is Bonnie D. Graham. You'll hear from the innovators who have learned to use game-changing technologies to shake up the status quo and help move today's businesses in new directions. Now, here's Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And if you want to run with the Game Changers, I promise you're in the right place. If you're keeping track... This, according to my statistics, my high-level mathematical calculations, this is episode number 192 of Coffee Break with Game Changers. Just wanted to get that in. We are live. It is July 29th. Woohoo! Okay, let's start talking here. The buzz today, the secret is out. You want to know what the secret is? You better stick around. So here's our topic today. So you're a woman, and you want to start or grow and expand your own business. That is great news because women are the fastest-growing segment of business owners in the United States today. That's all good. But hold on. There's a caveat here. Compared to men business owners, women tend to have smaller companies. We tend to have less revenue that our companies generate, and we tend to employ fewer people. What does this mean? Is it good? Is it bad? We don't know yet. But these are differences that need to be looked at and examined and accounted for. If they matter to you, if they mean something about business success, what can you do to change the balance, to change the numbers in your favor? We have a panel of three experts. They are engaged in this topic. This is what they do. They love to talk about it. And they're going to reveal the key factors holding back women business owners and give solid advice for business success for female. And hey, guys, if you're listening, we want you to stick around because there's advice for male entrepreneurs here too. So stick around for the next hour. These are insights you will not want to miss. Even if you're not a business owner, you're not an entrepreneur, you're not a startup, you may know someone who is, someone who has that gleam in their eye who wants to be their own business person you got to share this with them. So the experts speak. First up, I'm delighted to welcome back on Game Changers Radio, Jane Westman. She spells her name W-E-S-M-A-N. If you want to look her up, she is the founder and everything at Jane Westman Public Relations Incorporated. And here is a great quote from Jane. She says, the road to success is not a solitary journey. Jane Westman, how are you? I'm great today. How are you? I'm fine. It's a sunny day, clear blue skies. I'm on Long Island. Are you in Manhattan today, Jane? I'm, I'm in Manhattan. I'm wearing my little black dress today, little sleeveless, very beautiful, <laughs> fashionable dress. I, I look great. I feel great. And I'm, I'm ready to go. I'm glad you're ready to go. Now, tell me about this quote, Jane. This is a Jane Westman original, The Road to Success is Not a Solitary Journey. What are we talking about here? I think that the biggest problem that... Uh, entrepreneurs face is that they, particularly women, is that they think they have to do it alone. And they don't build uh, 
strong enough teams, advisory boards. They don't reach out to other people to really help them. There is no way you can succeed without some type of team around you. That doesn't mean necessarily mean just employees, but there, there are lots of other people that, that can help you, and we can talk about that um, as we go on this morning. Thank you very much, Jane. Very interesting. And that's part of the reason we're doing this program. And I met you recently on another series we do called Game Changing Women Radio. And uh, we thought it was such a good topic. We wanted to bring you over here to Coffee Break. We have a very large established audience. But Jane, do you think that when women cook up this idea of starting a business, that they do it in a vacuum, they do it uh, perhaps after their workday late at night, or they do it when they're driving and they make mental notes, or they talk into a recorder, or they take memos on their iPhone, voice memos, they get them and say, yeah, that's a good idea, I'm ready, and they don't share it with anybody? How long do you think that solitary process lasts? What do you observe? Uh, um, I, I think it's a really big problem for women, and the, the, it, it shows in their inability to articulate what their business is all about. So one of the first things you need to do when you come up with an idea for your business is you really need to be able to describe what that business is uh, very concretely and concisely and then start sharing this information with other people. So this, this involves networking. This involves finding advisors to help you. This in, involves um, testing your idea to make sure it's going to work, whether you're going to be looking for funding or you're going to bootstrap the business. So it begins with this concept that I think women often are inarticulate in what it is they're trying to do, or they feel shy, or they feel uncomfortable uh, talking about themselves. They feel like they're bragging. And uh-huh. that in, in themselves, I, that in itself isolates them. Interesting. And one more question before I introduce our second panelist. Jane, do you think women are afraid somebody's going to basically shoot them down? Oh, Jane, that's been done. I know 20 women who are doing that. It's a crowded field. Why would you want to do that? Or Jane, what do you know about running a business, honestly? I mean, are, maybe it's the slings and arrows that make us keep our mouths shut when we have a business idea. Quickly, what's your observation uh, on that, Jane? You know, Bonnie, I never thought about it that way, but you're – but but – that really is insightful, and I remember when I started my business many, many years ago, um, some people said to me, Jane, you're going to be really great at this, and I didn't understand that, what, how they knew. And some people <laughs> said, are, you know, are you really sure you know what you're talking about? So, um, yes, perhaps women feel shy and uncomfortable. But, but what I'm saying is when I, when I speak in front of a group of women entrepreneurs, um, and they're, cu- they're coming in for some type of training or to learn something, and we go around the room and we ask women to explain what their business is, often they cannot articulate it. So if they mm-hmm. can't articulate their, the, what their business is about, how can they reach out to other people? How can anybody help you if they don't know what it is you're doing? Great point, and that I think is our, our success tip number one is know from what you speak or something in, in convoluted like that is what the heck do you think you're going to do in this business? Tell me maybe in just one sentence, articulate, well, be specific, right? Bonnie, got- I think it's choose an idea, choose a business, be passionate, and stick to that business. And, and that's, the, that's the other key. Too often, um, especially women who are in some type of consulting business, 
they they have an idea for a business and they they start moving ahead and then some offer comes along somebody says oh but could you do this or could you do that yes. and instead yes. of staying on track they they move off track so i say choose an idea be passionate about it articulate it share it with as many people as you can I think the show is over. We just did it, Jane. No, I'm only teasing. <laughs> Thank you, Jane Westman. Great advice. We, You have brought us two amazing women who are panelists with us today, and I'm going to introduce our second panelist. She is Sandy Webster. Those of you out there who want to look her up, well, Webster, you know Sandy is S-A-N-D-I. She is with consultants to go LLC. That's C2G. She'll tell us about that later in the show. And here is a quote from Madeline Albright. We see this quote popping up all the place, all over the place, Sandy. Here's the quote. There is a special place in hell for women who don't help other women. Sandy Webster, how are you today? And welcome. I am great. Thank you so much. It's an outstanding day today. I'm glad. Well, it's going to be even more outstanding with you on the panel joining, Jane. And wait till we get our third panelist. We'll make it even outstanding to the third degree. So before we talk about this quote, I'd love for you to just tell us briefly what is your idea with consultants to go talking about Jane saying articulating your business? What do you do? In a nutshell, I provide marketing and analytic consultants to Fortune 500 companies, and these consultants that I have are my employees, and they are amazing women who left the workplace in order to get a flexible work arrangement. Interesting. Well, that uh, that's what a lot of people see in terms of why they want to become an entrepreneur. So you're providing basically a home for them to go out and consult with businesses. Wonderful idea. Sandy Webster, Madeline Albright, we hear this quote all the time. I used it on a, from a guest on a show the other day, a special place in hell for women who don't help other women. Why is this so important to our topic today, Sandy? It's important because it, it kind of piggybacks off what Jane just said about helping people. And I know I belong to a lot of women's groups because I find women are just naturally more helpful. There are a lot of rumors that women are catty and backstabbing, and I think individuals in those groups are, are probably catty and backstabbing. But that, that view is held by a lot of people, men included. And I don't let that stop me because I've always been helped by women since I started my business. In the beginning of my career, only men helped me, and I realized that because there were just not a lot of women at that time, so they were more competitive. But now women are starting their businesses by the droves, and we have more information to share. So I really believe Madeline's correct with that. And, Sandy, thank you for that. I have to give a little sidebar here uh, because I want everybody to know, if they don't remember, that Madeleine Albright, former U.S. Secretary of State, uh, she's a Czechoslovakian-born American politician and diplomat, but interesting, she was the first female to hold the role of U.S. Secretary of State. She was nominated by President Bill Clinton on December 5, 1996, but here's what I find fascinating. She was unanimously confirmed by a U.S. Senate vote of 90 to zero, 
and sworn in on January 23, 1997. 99 to 0. When was the last time we heard anybody confirmed by the Senate with a unanimous vote, basically 100%, one, one point away from 100 to 0? M- amazing. Sandy, thank you so much. Pleasure to meet you. Looking forward to more of your insights and sure. words of wisdom. Thank you. Let's bring on our third third panelist. I was going to say our third consultant because we're basically offering a lot of consulting advice here. She is Nina Kaufman Esquire. She is a legal expert who works right now with Entrepreneur.com and other places. And Nina has sent me a quote from Yogi Berra, a little bit of background. His whole name is Lawrence Peter Yogi Berra. He's now 90 years old. We'll leave it at that. And here's the quote, another famous one. If you don't know where you're going, you'll end up someplace else. Nina Kaufman, welcome. How are you today? I'm great, Bonnie. Thanks so much for having me here. Delighted. Tell me, how did Yogi Berra get on a quote about women advising women entrepreneurs? That's okay. an interesting, interesting well, matchup. Well, uh, it, it, first, it first started about nine years ago when I married a huge sports fan. So my whole world is now filled with sports analogies, but also understanding the importance of teamwork. But where, where this particular quote comes in, you know, if you think about what we do when we want to take a vacation, we don't just get in the car and drive randomly. We know, are we going skiing? Are we going to the beach? Are we staying in the country? Do we need an, you know, are we taking an airplane to go to Europe? We make a plan. And there are a number of women who, I don't even, you know, to Jane's point, I don't even know that they have an idea for a business. They have an idea that they want to earn their own money. Mm. And one of the things is that time passes quickly. So you can end up in a place and not a good one that you didn't expect if, you don't have some sense of what is the road that you're going to take. And particularly now, there was a Pew survey done in 2013 where 40% of women are now primary breadwinners. So any financial mistakes or repercussions from not making a well-planned choice Mm -hmm. not only affect us, but it affects our families as well. And that's why it's really so important to have a sense of where you're going. You may change the destination, but you want to know what you're working toward. Interesting. Uh, I'm just going to ask you for for input, and I'm going to ask Sandy as well before we circle back to Jane with our what are you drinking today, what's in your cup segment. Uh, Nina, did you uh, agree or your thoughts on my statement that some women are afraid to talk about their plans for an idea for a business because they're afraid they're going to get shot down, perhaps by a spouse who has been there, done that, or has not been successful in business, or who is amazingly successful in looking at the woman like, Really? You want to go to all of that trouble? Isn't life good enough already? What are your thoughts on that, Nina? I think it depends on the person. I mean, we can paint stereotypes with a broad brush that women, when you look at encouragement through school, they often aren't encouraged to take risks or Mm -hmm. to stand out or stand up or be heard. I know for myself, when I first started my law practice, and my, my parents are very loving and have been amazingly supportive in certain ways, Boy, did they harangue me on the phone saying, I have no confidence in this. Mm. So, yes, it can happen, but to Jane's point, it's why it is so very, very important because you may be surprised by who ends up not supporting you that you truly do need to create your own support ecosystem, not of rubber stamp people, but of people who genuinely love you and can give you the concern constructive criticism and help and feedback to move forward. Thank you very much, Sandy Webster. I'm going to circle it back to you briefly. Your thoughts on why women don't articulate their plans for a business. What do you think? 
they're afraid. It's just mm-hmm. as simple as that. The biggest naysayers of saying no to women are actually their families and specifically their spouses. They are afraid of the change that will happen in their lives when this woman becomes more powerful and can have a say. And so women are really concerned. You know, we always worry about other people and not ourselves. What are other people going to think? What is my spouse going to say? How is this going to impact my my children? And not really stepping into their own power. And I think they're just afraid of, of all those changes that will happen, why they don't move forward with things. Thank you, Sandy. Well, while the three of you were discussing this, I did a quick Google search on why women are being pushed away from entrepreneurship, and I found an article by Eric Coker. I think I know who he is. Uh, published four years ago in 2011, and the title is Stereotypes Push Women Away from Entrepreneurship. And uh, they interviewed Vishal Gupta, and the question is, where are the role models for women? Pick up any book on entrepreneurship. It's all about men. Switch on the TV. When it comes to entrepreneurs, it's Bill Gates, it's Steve Jobs. Where are the women? And then he talks about Oprah Winfrey, Estee Lauder, Mary Kay Ash, Debbie Fields, who are easily as impressive as the big males. But the failure to highlight the work of female entrepreneurs is exacerbated by social, societal stereotypes that often link entrepreneurship to masculine characteristics. I'm just going to leave that one on the table, and we can get into that later. But for right now, Jane Westman. Circling it back to you in your little black dress on a beautiful sunny day in Manhattan. I'm never going to forget that one, Jane. Not too many people tell me what they're wearing on the show, and I love it. i got to go get my little black dress after. I've got a, a black kind of a smock top over my little red dress, but we're going to do something about that. Jane, time on coffee break to ask you, what are you drinking right now? What's in your cup? Or what are you planning on drinking after the show? Jane Westman, talk to me. Well, Bonnie, you know that I love um, fresh uh fruit drink, uh, I'm sorry, vegetable drinks, mm-hmm. uh, vegetable and fruit drinks. But today, today I am a coffee drinker, and I'm drinking a fabulous organic cup of coffee from Bean and Bean on 8th Avenue and 26th Street right near my office, and I have some skim milk in it, and it's wonderful. And is there a name for this, this special drink, this organic coffee? Does it have a flavor, the Jane? Co- and- no, no. It's regular. Oh, I, you know, I don't know what type of coffee this is. It's the Bean and Bean House Blend. So Bean and Bean is this new coffee place that just opened up on the corner near my office. Well, I think we just gave them a little plug. Thank you very I did, much. Yeah. I love be- And is it B-E-A-N and B-E-A-N? Just wondering. Yes. Yes. Okay, because we have a new coffee place that opened in Great Neck about six months ago called, uh, it's spelled C-A-F-F-E-B-E-N-N-E, like Italian for Cafe Bene, but I think they mean you to pronounce it coffee bean. I've never been in there, but that's just my guess. So thank you very much for that. Sandy Webster, where are you right now, and what are you drinking, or what are you planning to drink? I'm at home in Brooklyn, and... Unlike Jane, I'm wearing all white because it's very steamy here in Brooklyn. Yes. <laughs> and yes. I am drinking my own fruit juice that I make. I make an entire batch every week, and it's all the fruits that's left over from the week before. I can't say that it's organic, but it's natural. And I add my own special sauce, which is a little bit of ginger and some sparkling water. And uh, everyone loves it. 
And do you put this in a blender or a bullet, or what do you do with it? Yes, I put it in the blender, and I freeze my fruit first, and I put any kind of fruit, whatever I have. So it's never the same. It's always different. But I find adding the ginger and the sparkling water really helps to give it a kick, and it's just delicious. And it's a little icy because it's frozen. But Bonnie, like can it. you can you tell yeah. how mellow how mellow <laughs> Sandy is because she's not <laughs> caffeinated? I mean, I listen, it's great. Or I can hear it absolutely. And and Sandy, I love that idea. That's like a okay. What didn't we eat? Is it still alive? Has it not turned into something that needs to go in the trash? Let's reclaim our fruit and freeze yes. it. I love the idea. I love I never it. Never throw fruit out. Ever. I can tell. I love it. That uh, sounds like a good habit for, for you and for your family, and your refrigerator is probably very thankful, too. So thank you, Sandy. By the way, Sandy, what's the predominant flavor in this week's fruit juice? Would it be strawberries or peaches or pears? It is watermelon. Or... Ah, I had a feeling there was a – and is the ginger fresh? Do you grate yes. the ginger? Or... Yes, well, it's my fresh goodness, ginger. We're... I just cut a piece off and drop it in. I keep fresh ginger in the fridge, too. I'm going to have to go talk to my ginger and see what kind of fruit we have to add to it. Thank you very much. We just got a new recipe. Nina Kaufman, where are you? What are you drinking? Talk to me. Uh, I am in Manhattan, and I am not drinking anything that I had to really spend a lot of time cooking and preparing, which is why I absolutely adore my Isogenics chocolate protein shakes. Um, I've been involved with the Isogenics nutrition program for about three months, and I found that not only does having the shakes give me really good, solid nutrients in the morning, but I'm not skipping breakfast and going right to the coffee that Jane's having. And I'm also not waiting until 2 o'clock in the afternoon to actually give my body the fuel that it needs. So I love the chocolate shakes not only because I love chocolate, but in three months I've lost 14 pounds and 23 inches. Wow. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, whoa, whoa, whoa. And I'm, wow. not, I'm, not a, I'm not a crazy, crazy exerciser either. So I've been loving the program and loving the chocolate shakes. Well, and are they t- do they taste good? They're, well, let's put it this way. It's, um, it's not going to be a champagne truffle from my <laughs> house or, or something like that. But of all of the different protein things and stuff that I've, I've tasted, it is definitely the best. And I'm looking at their website. That's I-S-A-G-E-N-I-X.com. Is that correct? com. Yes, exactly. And, and I also love it because it's based on a network marketing model. And for women, it's a great alternative income stream. Interesting. Interesting. It's called Stop Waiting and Begin Your Transformation Today. Get your Isogenic System Now. Well, I like the fact that it starts out pronouncing the name Isa because that reminds me of the fruit drink Sandy is drinking. So there. <laughs> and Jane, Jane knows this about me, but the other two ladies don't. They don't let Bonnie have caffeine on radio show days, and you probably already figured out why. So I'm drinking a nice, very pretty glass. I try to serve myself a very pretty glass water from my Brita filter. It's 
cold, and I have a pink straw in it today. That's just what came out of the straw box. So that's as interesting as it gets, but I'll try to keep it very lively. So guess what? To our listeners, we're talking today with Jane Westman at Jane Westman Public Relations, Inc., who's in New York. Sandy Webster, Consultants to Go. That's the number two in the word Go, LLC, C2G. Look it up. And Nina Kaufman, Esquire. Nina, you're, you're consulting as a legal expert for Entrepreneur.com. Any other, is there a business name or a law office you want me to mention for you? Uh, yes, uh, askthebusinesslawyer.com. Ask the business right. lawyer. All right, I'm putting that in my notes. Thank you very much. Should have asked you before. Terrific. And I'm still Bonnie D. Graham, and I plan to be after the break. We're going to go out for just 90 seconds. Brad, get ready. We're ready finally for our opening break. And when we come back, Jane Westman's going to kick off this roundtable. Our topic today is Success Secrets for Entrepreneurial Women. If you've been listening, I think you've already gleaned a bunch of secrets already. We're talking to three very focused, directed, successful women who know what they want to do. They have achieved a great deal of success themselves, and they're going to share more tips and techniques with you. And by the way, men, stick around. We've got information for you as well. So don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. We'll be right back. Brad out. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime anywhere and on any device www.sap.com when it comes to business you'll find the experts here voice america business network you're enjoying coffee break with game changers presented by sap you can send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. Welcome back, and we're here today having a wonderful conversation with Jane Westman, Sandy Webster, and Nina Kaufman Esquire. And our topic today is Success Secrets for Entrepreneurial Women and Men. And we're going to kick off our roundtable right now with some input from Jane Westman, and then we will have Sandy and Nina chime in, and then we'll go around the table with lots of topics. Uh, the information my panelists sent me, just a sidebar note. I keep saying sidebar. and thinking of Nina, sidebar judge, you know, the legal <laughs> term. I've watched way too many uh, procedurals, procedural Detective and, and lawyer shows on TV. Nina, please forgive me. Um, we're we're talking about the success tips, but what my panelists have sent me in their notes in advance of the show basically reads like a table of contents to a book on business success 
information. So we will get to those brief, I call them the bon mot, basically the sound bites during the show. So you don't want to miss this. And we will mention why these apply to men as well. Don't worry, guys. Okay. So Jane Westman, we decided in these many information points you sent me, we're going to start off the roundtable talking about creating a business blueprint. Let me just read one or two sentences from your notes, and I'll have you start it, and then we will bring in Sandy and Nina and go around the table. So you say, create a business blueprint. And Jane says, and I quote, I'm assuming the majority of our listeners today will be using their own funds, personal lines of credit, credit cards, or money borrowed from family and friends to launch their businesses. Let's just start there with that assumption. Jane, go ahead. Okay, so we're, we're assuming that our listeners are not planning on, on um, looking for venture capital, for outside funding, for angel investing, right? They're going to mm-hmm. what we call bootstrap the business. Um, so what happens when you're going to bootstrap a business is a lot of people um, are not creating a business plan because they think a business plan is a long, boring document um, and it's, that's filled with lots of numbers and projections, and, and so they skip it. And as Nina pointed out, therefore, they do not have a roadmap um, to get to the place that they really want to get to. So I propose that they write a, a business blueprint, a business blueprint, not a business mm-hmm. plan, that's a, mm. an easier document to put together, and it helps them um, articulate what it is they're doing, and it helps them see uh, it, it helps them see the road ahead. So let me tell you what, what goes into this business blueprint. To begin with, you need a clear written description of what the business does and who it serves. And uh, once again, I have found, particularly when I meet with groups of women entrepreneurs, that they really haven't done that. They have an idea for a business. They have a, a passion for this business, or they have a skill in this field, but they haven't gotten beyond themselves. So they, they're not clear about who their customers are, who will need this product or service. So that is the first thing that has to go into the business blueprint. The next part is a description of how the business will run on a day-to-day basis. What is it that you're going to be doing that the business does every single day? So in my business, um, in which I do public relations and publicity for uh, books, what do I do on a day-to-day basis? I reach out to the media, and I try to get the media uh, interested in the books that I am promoting. So uh, I can expand on that, but that's what would go into my business blueprint. Then... This is a real key. What are the specific responsibilities of the business owner and what will other people need to do for you? So here we get back to my, my, my beginning quote is that this road to success is not a solitary journey. You will need people to help you. What will they do and what will you do? Are you going to be in charge of sales? marketing, promotion for your business? Are you the designer if, if it's some type of a fashion or jewelry business or graphic design business, um, if it's a construction business? What will you be doing? What do other people need to do for you? You also need an estimate of what it will cost to run your business for the entire first year. What are all the expenses? 
rent, uh, salaries, uh, what type of office equipment do you need. You really need to estimate what it's going to cost you. Um, then the next part is how are you going to cover those expenses? Is it going to be through sales or through some other source, which could be um, you borrow money, you take money from your own checking or savings account, you use credit cards, you use a personal line of credit, you borrow money from family or friends with a contract to repay the money. So I can get into much more detail about that, but I think if we look at those parts of the business blueprint, I think that both um, Nina and Sandy can add their perspective to that. Exactly. Thank you, Jane. Good intro to that topic. Uh, Sandy Webster, thoughts on this, on the business blueprint? Yeah, go ahead. I'm a huge advocate of having a business plan and a marketing plan, and I'm a huge advocate of planning, period. If you don't have a plan, then you'll stray, and I think Nina's the one who said (laughs) you'll wind up someplace. And I think another component to having a plan or or a blueprint is that blueprint changes over time. It's not a static thing. When you start out in your business, you have an idea. That idea will develop and change, and you need to go back to the blueprint to change it as well. You can't use an old blueprint on what you're doing today. When I started my business, which is 13 13 years ago, oh my God, uh, I had a blueprint for my business, but where I am today is miles away from where that was. And it's very difficult to keep it updated. I think sometimes that's why women just don't do one, because you have to refer to it all the time. You have to change it. But that kind of planning, if you do a once-per-year strategic session, even if it's with yourself, because you could be a solopreneur and still do this. Do it with yourself. Take the time. You owe it to yourself because that will set the guideline for what you're doing for the rest of the year. So I just want to point out to women to to keep that blueprint updated. And, Bonnie, I'd like to jump in here a a second. This is Jane. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, Sandy Webster um, has been a mentor to many women entrepreneurs, which is, uh, how I met Sandy, uh, she was part of a mentoring program I was involved in. And one of the things that Sandy does very well is that she helps women create these plans and really articulate where they're going in their businesses. And it's worked phenomenally well for Sandy's business. Uh, she, she runs an incredible company. And I've seen her help other women turn around their businesses by creating this plan, articulating you know, what their business is all about and dealing with all these issues that we discuss, whether it's marketing, finances, um, job responsibilities, product development, etc. So it's really key, and I've seen it work fat, firsthand watching Sandy. Well, thank, thank you, Jane. You're I, welcome. I'm glad, glad to have this input. And you know what? This goes back to our quote from Madeline Albright, special place in hell for women who don't help other women. Well, you're hearing an example right now of women who are honoring other women for their success and for their acumen. Nina Kaufman, we don't want to leave you out in the cold. Talk to me. What do you think about plan versus blueprint versus updating it, keeping up with changes, the distance you go over the course of your business? What do you think? 
Well, I agree with Jane that it's, you, you at least want a blueprint. I mean, even if you're scratching on the back of the napkin, something so that you know where you're going. Um, I think an area where a number of smaller business owners fall down, and, and Sandy touched on this a little, and Jane did as well, the importance of knowing your numbers. And that's not just, well, how am I going to project and how am I going to price, but it's also knowing how much do you need to earn every month to support yourself and your family? What is your rent or your mortgage payment? Uh, what are the kids' braces going to cost? What does food cost, insurance, all of those things? And once you have a sense of what is the lifestyle that you need or want to live, then you can kind of back into the numbers to say, well, if I want a million-dollar lifestyle, how am I going to earn a million dollars? Because just to say, okay, I'll, I'll build it and they'll come, I mean, it's, it works in the movies, but it doesn't necessarily work in real life. And an important thing that Sandy touched on, it reminds me of the quote from Will Rogers, even if you're on the right track, you'll get run over if you just sit there. There are changes outside of our business that happen all the time. When you look at, you just pick up uh, you know, any entrepreneurial magazine, major disruptors coming through in the, well, in the realms of technology and the sharing economy, all of those cha- changes and trends could adversely affect your business if you're not looking out for that. And if you keep saying, well, I did my blueprint three years ago, and therefore I'm going to stick to it because I can't be bothered, well, you could find yourself out of business in three months if you're not paying attention to what else is going on. So, so absolutely very important to, to be looking at those things and also, uh, as Jane says, to not look at it in a vacuum, to be working with a strategic coach or someone who can keep stoking your fires so that you mm-hmm. have the energy to keep moving forward. I, can you. I jump in there? Yes, please, Sandy, I think go ahead. We could do a whole show about women doing a deep dive into their numbers or lack of doing a deep dive into their numbers. It's, it's a very scary thing. So a lot of women, when they're bootstrapping, they, they have an idea, they have a great idea, and they just want to get it out. They're not thinking of all the, the day-to-day things like money. How am I going to get past point A? I, I already started. How am I going to pay, pay myself, which is... <laughs> a whole other thing that they don't do. But I think doing the deep dive really scares people. And sometimes when they do it and they have to sit and think, where am I going to get this money, it deters them from moving forward. So sometimes I actually like that they're not doing a deep dive. Uh, Do it quarterly Mm -hmm. if it scares you that much. But you should know. You should have some idea because it's, Numbers, I find with women, they know it, they're good at it, but for some reason someone told them a long time ago that they're not good at it, and it just scares them. I don't love numbers, but I live by my numbers. I just make it a part of what I do, just like breathing, and then it becomes less scarier for me. So I don't know if that helps or not, but that does, that does help a lot. And I have to go back on the back to first Jane and then uh, Sandy and Nina. Quick question, and then I want to roll into a couple more topics because time is moving very quickly. Great conversation, by the way. Uh, uh, 
Jane first. Does all of this advice apply to men too? We keep saying women don't like numbers and you might be bootstrapping your business. Uh, just in two sentences, Jane, what part of what we've discussed so far applies to men? Because we promised this advice would have some nuggets of wisdom for male entrepreneurs as well. Jane? So all of this applies to men as well. The difference that I think Sandy, Nina, and I have found is the psychological difference that, that women have of somehow feeling that they were told that talking about money is unladylike, it's not appropriate, they're afraid to focus on money, they, they uh, may have been told um, when they were young, if they're as old as I am, don't worry your pretty little head about money, you know, you'll always be taken care of. Uh, you know, so I think that, that these are basics of running a business. Everybody, men and women, need to have these plans. They need to know their numbers very well. But what we see, uh, because all of us go out there and help other women entrepreneurs, is women do seem to be more fearful about facing the numbers in their own business. And maybe it's that they're afraid that they're not going to be able to make the money, but you have to know what your cash flow situation is at all times. Um, I happen to love the numbers, so I always know what's going on in my business, and I've been very lucky. It's, it's meant that from the first year I started my company, I've been profitable because I always knew how much it would cost me to run my business and I, I could figure out where to go out and get that money. And, you, you know, Jane, Jane women ahead, actually do numbers. They just don't see it that way. We run the budgets in our homes. We do the supermarket shopping. We can tell prices of, you know, what cereal costs in this supermarket versus another supermarket. So we're dealing with numbers every day. We balance the checkbooks in our, in our homes. So we're doing these things. We know when our children need braces and the cost of, of the braces, but we don't translate that to the business side somehow. I agree with you 100%, Sandy. It's, it's exactly what I've seen is women are good with budgeting. They are good with numbers. Um, but when it comes to having to go out themselves and make the sale, to sell their product or service, which is really where the income comes from. I think that's where the, the fear comes in. I want to get Nina's input on this. Nina, just go back quickly to our question about what advice have you shared so far that's appropriate for male entrepreneurs. Nina? Well, uh, I think it's all appropriate for male entrepreneurs. And as a business attorney, there is nothing really gender-specific about entrepreneurship other than, as Jane touched on, the psychological issues about, around it. Um, but I think an important thing, both, both for, for men and for women, <clears throat> as they're starting their business, is if you really are going to start a business, and, and it's an interesting paradox of entrepreneurs, they are the eternal optimists because they think they will not die. They think mm. they will not get sick. Correct. They think they, their child will not get sick. They think that, that everything will go along swimmingly exactly as it has been, and that's often not the case. So as you're, you're looking at what is the, the true business, not just a job that you're creating for yourself, but the real business that you want to create, part of what you want to think about is issues around technology and flexibility, and what if you couldn't do this? What would that mean for your family? Because we are all going to leave our businesses. Now, we may leave in a pine box uh, 50 years from now, 
or, you know, toy toy, we may leave tomorrow when we're, hit, you know, hit by a bus crossing the street. Or we may leave because we have an epiphany and decide, I need to work with starving children in Ghana. Whatever it is, we're going to leave the business. So do you just want to create an income stream that, that helps you for a time, or do you actually want to create mm-hmm. something that's going to have a value that you might be able to sell to somebody else? So that's another just seed that I want to plant in people's minds. as Well, Nina, you just gave me a perfect segue into a talking point from Sandy Webster's notes that I wanted to cover <laughs> next. And Sandy said, thank you so much. You didn't even know you were giving me this perfect <laughs> setup. Nina, here it is. Sandy says... All right, you ready for this? Be able to leave your business for at least two weeks in a row. Not permanently. We're not getting to the die part. But Sandy Webster, great information, great insight. What exactly do you mean two weeks in a row? Is this talking about processes, talking about support staff, talking about somebody who shares your vision, talking about your core team? What do we mean, Sandy Webster? It's all of the above. So, you know, when you're in a bank, when you're in a banking environment, they always close down or they force people to take a a forced vacation for two weeks. Uh, Sometimes it's even a week. But the idea is we want to take a look at what's going on in the business when you're not there. And we want to see, of course, in a banking situation, they want to look at fraud if things are happening. But it really highlights what's going on in the business when the CEO or a key person is not there for a period of time. Do you have the processes in place to allow other people to step in and run your business while you're gone? Those processes are so key that they're written down, not just in your head. They need to be on paper so someone else, if... God forbid I get hit by a truck, someone should be able to come in and keep my business going. And this two weeks in a row really help your employees, if you have any, or other people to come in and say, you know, I've had a great idea and Sandy didn't want to execute this. Maybe I'll try it now while she's gone. But it gives your employees ideas of executing their own ideas that they've had. So all of this helps the business. In the beginning, my business partner and I would never take two weeks at a time. It it was just unthought of because we are so critical to the business. (laughs) That's what we thought in our heads. (laughs) Our business cannot run without us. But your business really should be able to run without us. If you're growing, there's no way you should be the only one with all the knowledge to run your business. And I think we just hold on to that, that idea a lot. If you have partnerships and strategic relationships that you create, you're positioning your company for growth, and this business should be able to function without you. Sandy, thank you. And Sandy, you have just given me a perfect segue into some notes from Nina Kaufman. I love the way this is just rolling and flowing here. Uh, Jane, you did bring me three very amazing panelists, including yourself. Uh, Nina Kaufman, I'm looking at your notes and let's just riff off of Sandy's point about someone should be able to run your business. You've got your processes in place. They understand what is supposed to happen. Take two weeks off and don't be sitting by the email or the phone every 32 seconds. But here's, here's an interesting segue talking about sharing your business or your vision. Nina Kaufman says, don't hand out equity 
like Tootsie Rolls. And Nina, as an attorney, is so ethical, she put the little copyright trademark symbol <laughs> next to Tootsie Rolls. I thought that was great. You know, we don't we don't abuse or use anybody else's trademarks here. So Nina Kaufman, uh, segueing from somebody else should be able to know the processes or run your bill your business to don't hand out equity like Tootsie Rolls. That sounds great advice. What does it mean? What it means is that very often when uh, business owners are getting started, they're strapped for cash. So one of the ways they want to give people an incentive to work really hard and help build up their business is by saying, hey, I'll give you a piece of the action. Now, that's all very well and good when basically the, the piece of the action is you know, worth toilet paper. But when things start to grow, what people don't often realize is that being an owner gives you not only rights but also obligations. And when you're in the mix with someone as another business owner, they have the right to have an input on your management decisions and the direction of the company and how money is spent and to spend that money. So you really want to think carefully about who is truly worthy of being at that business owner level because the owner, you're not just, although when you start, you're the lead, I call it the lead doer because usually you're the chief everything officer. You're doing everything. But ultimately, you need to be the leader for the business. And not everyone who does is cut out or shares the vision enough to lead the business. So when you, when you have a business owner and it's not working out, it's not just like you can fire an employee, goodbye, you're gone. It's actually like uprooting a tree where you need to buy them out, and ideally there's a, an operating or an ownership agreement. So it gets a lot more complicated. And rather than having all that complication as part of your foundation at the start, keep it simple. And Thank you, Jane. do other yeah. things like with loan agreements instead of just handing out ownership. Thank you. Jane Westman, I want to get you in on this. So many good golden nuggets here. What are your thoughts on what Sandy and Nina have just shared? Well, I, I really liked what, what, what they both had to say. Um, Sandy, when, when I saw Sandy's notes about being able to leave your business for two weeks, I thought she was talking about being able to take time for yourself so that you can leave for two weeks and be creative and relax and be creative and get outside your business so that you could view your business um, in a different way because you're not functioning in it on a day-to-day uh, basis, and then you would come back with great ideas. I that love Sandy's uh, perspective, which is, hey, let's see how the business runs when you're, when you're not there with your iron fist running it. So, that, so that's a very creative idea, and, and I think very important for a lot of reasons. Um, what Nina is saying also is something I hadn't thought about, but um, but it is true. When you give away pieces of your business to um, people that you're that are working for you in the beginning, uh, in particular, and, and you don't really know them very well, you do not know what it is you're getting yourself into, um, mm-hmm. and and that you need to have very very strong contracts. And I think that's something that Nina, uh, I've heard Nina talk about this, um, is is that often. We do things on a handshake, and, and we're not clear about what, our, what the agreement is, and you really need written agreements. And if you go back to, to what I was talking about, about your, your, this journey is not a solitary 
uh, adventure. Um, mm-hmm. one, two of the people you must get on board to help you right from the beginning, one is a lawyer and the other is, a, is an accountant. And, and you really need the lawyer to help you set up your business structure and any of the contracts that you're going to have with either clients, employees, or, or anybody else that you're working with. Jane, Bonnie, thank I'm, you. I'm I want to. I want to stop you. The, I want to okay. stop everybody. Just a second. We're almost at the end of the show, so I want to make a couple statements. Number one, I'm hereby officially inviting the three of you back for part two. Will you come back, Sandy, <laughs> Jane, Nina? Yes, will you come? Absolutely. All right. October. I'll send you a date. This is way too big a topic for just a 57-minute show. Second of all, we're at the point where I need to give each of you 60 seconds for your predictions on what will change about this topic. But what I want to do right now, before we start predictions round, is I want to run through just the top headlines. Each of you sent me so our listeners will know just a little bit more if you don't mind us. So Jane Westman, here are our key, her key points. Commitment is crucial. Know your industry. Create a business blueprint versus a business plan. Articulate your vision. You can't do it alone. Build a team. Get professional advisors, an informal board of directors, and your own staff. Listen carefully. Surround yourself with positive people. Take good care of yourself and stay curious. Here are Sandy Webster's top notes. Identify the thing that only you can do. Ask for help. Don't be afraid of change. Put processes and procedures in place. And we already said be able to leave your business for at least two weeks in a row. Nina Kaufman Esquire said, here's her or her notes, begin with the end in mind. Don't hand out equity like Tootsie Rolls. I still love that one. Avoid deadbeat clients and customers. That's where we're going to start part two, Nina, when you come back. Design a workforce wisely. Protect your creativity and honor others. Build it so it can run without you. Great words of wisdom. I have exactly 60 seconds for each of you for predictions. I love the year 2020. Maybe you do or don't. Jane Westman, you know how this works. Crystal ball time, lightning round. One minute predictions for how women entrepreneurship is going to change. Jane Westman, 60 seconds, go. More women are going to be running their own businesses. They're going to be more successful than ever before. Um, I, I think that technology is going to allow women better work-life balance so that we will be able to have our families and run our businesses and have overall uh, much better success and happiness. Success and happiness. We mentioned the word happiness. We didn't have that in our notes anywhere. Jane Westman, I love it. Happiness is being in New York in a little black dress on a beautiful day and having some wonderful coffee from Bean and Bean. I think that's Jane Westman's happiness. Thank you very much. Sandy Webster, 60 Seconds Predictions. Please go. I predict that women's businesses will be larger than they are in size. The average woman today has a, a business of about $50,000, and I think that's a lot that, that I'm saying versus the national criteria. But women are, are learning to grow their businesses, and there will be more women with million-dollar businesses, I think, in the coming year. And we'll also be happier because of that, because we can take care of ourselves and have our own independence. So that's my Thank prediction. Thank you very much, Nina Kaufman Esquire. I saved 60 seconds. We're actually a little ahead of schedule. Go ahead, Nina. Ooh, um, what, what I see coming up is the increase in collaborative platforms so that business owners don't have to be so isolated. They can do more with what they call a dispersed workforce so that I, I can work with, let's say, uh, Cindy in Idaho and Jennifer in Montana, even though I'm here in New York. And that will enable women to create a, a greater community, and men too, of 
seeking out the, the highest and best service provider at the best rates for them so that they can, again, create the, uh, the virtual teams that they need to get their business running. Thank you very and I, much. And, uh, yeah, go Bonnie, ahead, Sandy. I have go one ahead. other Jane. real quick pred- yep. prediction. Nina, yep. Sandy, and I are going to write the ultimate guide to women entrepreneurship, and it will be published in, in three years from now. Three years, and I'm inviting you back. I'm inviting you back on coffee break three years from now, but also this year in October, we're going to get back. I have one more statement here from Nina's notes that we didn't mention. It's just too important. She says, too many women start a business because they have a dream of sunbeams and unicorns, or they're trying to escape the boss who's an idiot. Amen to that. Thank you very much. We're just about out of time. I'm going to give the three of you a homework assignment, if you'll accept it for me. When we come back for part two, I'd like you each to bring the names and a little tiny two-line bio of women, very well-known women entrepreneurs, aside from the three of you, who have made it big, who are an inspiration, and why. Let's do a couple of case studies, because I read that article about how the societal stereotypes are contra to women being successful in business, and we only really hear about the men most of the time. So let's do a little bit of case study digging into before we, when we start the next show. I want to say thank you so much. I have one minute left, and I can do this. Thank you so much to Jane Westman. Jane, you organized a fabulous panel. Thank you so much. Very grateful to you. Sandy Webster, so pleased to meet you at C2G. Nina Kaufman Esquire, columnist at entrepreneur.com. Delighted to meet you as well. I have a lawyer in the family near and dear to me, so I have great respect for your profession. Oh, my God. Oh, Oh, thank God for that as well. We have doctors too, and I respect that also. Very interesting family tree here. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. This has been a very lively and interesting episode of Coffee Break with Game Changers. I'll be back tomorrow. Let's see, what shall we do? Oh, tomorrow is Internet of Things with Game Changers. We'll be back with another lively panel, and I have a call to action for all of you wherever you are. And by the way, I think it's the first time we've had an entire panel based in New York, including me. So there you go. Here's my call to action. Fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today, whatever that means to you. Signing off for now, Bonnie D. Graham. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the Coffee Break conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag pound sign S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Please join your host, Bonnie D. Graham, again next Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.